Today on the show, we're talking about why you need a value system. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. You're joined with co-hosts Trevor and Courtney. And today on the episode, we are talking about why you need to have a well-developed value system. This is point number two in the second of 25 things that successful people do. So we've talked about value systems before on the podcast, and I'm a huge proponent of of having a value system, it it kind of makes life easier. It, it simplifies life in general by having a value system. And I I love developing and enhancing my value system as he, as I move through life. I think it is it it's been a game changer. And I I didn't realize I had a value system until. I had read about value systems and said, wait a minute, <laughs> I've got a value system. And I, so I, I just did it by nature, but I, I think it, it just simplifies life. And this isn't a value system, but I used to drink the most complicated coffee on the planet. You know, I, I needed, uh, I think if, if I've got this right, it was a medium coffee with one cream, one milk, one sugar, and one artificial sweetener. Now, the chances of that being right, and I ever, ever like, you know, if, if I got to make it myself, it would be, it'd be right. But if you're ordering it through a window, the chance of them getting that right is almost nil. And so what I, I ended up being super disappointed every time I ordered a coffee. I was like incredibly disappointed. I have no idea why I wanted that coffee. But today I drink my coffee black and it's it's never wrong. <laughs> No, that's and and that's kind of a good introduction to value systems and what they look like in more of the financial realm. So, you know, I just want to go back to that coffee. So I think the reason I, I, I just this is going back almost 30 years. But I think the reason I wanted that coffee is I used to just get a double double, right? Double double. And I thought, well, that's not as I was aging, I thought that's not that healthy. So if I went with, you know, half the cream, so milk instead of two creams, one milk, one cream, that would be better for me. And then rather than doubling up on the sugar, I thought the artificial sweetener turns out that's rat poison in itself. But that was the mindset. And but it turns out, you know, if you really want to be healthy, you probably shouldn't drink coffee at all. But black coffee would be a move in the a, a better move. But that's a side tangent. This isn't a coffee podcast. It could be. Um, so no, that's circling back to the value system for making financial decisions. So what, what essentially is this and how does it differ from, we, I mean, we all have sets of morals and values in general, but just being good human beings and just showing up every day and in a way that we are proud of, but what does this value system look like in terms of making financial decisions? I know you have some examples coming up and I know we kind of have some ways to describe it, but kind of high level overview. What, what is this? So a value system is, I call it a pre-made decision. So if, once you believe in something, and I'll, I'll give you my, my one example, so you, I won't go through all of them. We're going to do that later. But everyone knows how I feel about used cars. Now, every fall, the new models come out, and there's, there's insane deals on, on 0% financing and no payments for one year. I, I can't remember all the deals because I don't want to pay that close attention because I don't buy used cars. I don't buy new cars. 
I buy used cars. And I never have, like, I'm, people I know, like, in the course of every single year, I, I can't count the times I haven't looked at somebody I know's new car. Somebody, I, a friend, a coworker, a family member, somebody gets a new car and they, uh, they're excited about it. They want to show it to me and I'm, I, I'm interested in cars, so I'll look at it and be fascinated by it. So there is temptation. Being, I'm being exposed to the concept of new cars and it being normal at least once a year, I'm going to say probably a couple times a year from different people. And I, every time I go to buy a used car, which isn't that often, but whenever you go to buy a used car, I, they, they sell new cars. So there's an ex, exposure to a, a new car purchase there. And when you don't have the money for a new car, that's for me, a, that's enough of a deterrent. But I currently have the financial means to buy a new car. So one of the obstacles in life have been taken away, but I still don't believe in new cars. I believe in used cars. I believe in the value they deliver. So this is a value system of mine. It's a pre-made decision. I will never own a new car ever. And I never have to make that decision again. That is That, that simplifies life. I never, I never have to ponder the new car dilemma ever. That really sounds, so first of all, you speak with so much passion and conviction for not only this specific value, but also used cars. We know you're passionate about that, but you, so how, how long did it take to get to this place where, and we will run through the values I that you kind of, some examples of ones that you've already kind of brought into your life, but how, walk us through the process of how you got to this place where this value became so ingrained and, and just just unshakable. So when somebody would challenge me on one of these values of mine, that before I knew they were values, somebody would challenge me and say, that's crazy. You know, why, why would you buy somebody else's problems? You know, and giving the example of the used car, why would you buy somebody else's problems? That's crazy. You know, that you, you, you should want a, a new car because it's reliable and it, but I, I would, somebody would start to challenge my belief in, in, in used cars as the example. And I would get worked up and, and I'd start to question myself. And I, I guess I just realized that I, I, I don't know. I think it evolves slowly. It, it wasn't this aha moment. I just look, I guess the older you get, the more confident you get in your decisions. And so I think I probably had some of these values in my 20s. I just wasn't as confident about, and the reason you get confident is as life unfolds and these things work out, that's where the confidence comes from. But I, it turns out I had these values in my 20s and 30s. I just didn't know if they were going to work out in my favor. But you get to be 50 and you realize this this used car thing is an example has worked out multiple times so i you the confidence grows but when you start it you don't you don't know right you, i i was guessing as much as the next person but i i so these values i think they they become values over time they started as an idea as a theory and as you practice these theories or ideas and they work out, I think you, you end up 
keeping them as a value system. I'm glad you brought up the age thing because that was that was honestly my next question for you is that as someone who is in their 20s, I, I can't imagine being able to have, I mean, I, there's definitely, I have, I have a set of values, of course, as well, but just being able to stand with that much conviction on something when maybe it's only been tested out once or, or not even once, I just like the idea of it. So I like that you have explained how your values have really come, become more solidified with age. So here's, here's a value. So I'm not giving one away from my list we're going to talk about later, but I don't, so people who get cell phones, you, you can get them one of two ways. You can go and buy your phone from a, a cell phone maker like Apple that everyone knows I, I buy iPhones or you can go buy your, your, your phone from a, a carrier like Telus or Rogers or Bell and they, um, they will basically, you can get the phone on payments. So if you sign up for a contract with the phone carrier, they'll give you, you know, I'm doing air quotes, they'll give you the phone and you pay them 85 bucks a month for the phone plus the phone plan. And it looks like you're getting a free phone, but at $85, you're actually making phone payments plus you're getting a phone service. And I, I just don't believe in making payments on some sort of uh, electronic gadget. I, if I, I'm going to buy it outright or I'm not going to buy it at all. So whenever... The, so I never get tempted. So whenever I, whenever I'm looking at phones, I look at it from the standpoint of I'm going to buy the phone and I'm going to buy the cell phone service separately. I never combine those. Now this is, you know, so cell phone, it, it's, this is, I'm going to say this has been going on for maybe 10, 12 years. Uh, I'm on my second phone, my second smartphone. And so far it's worked twice. I, I'm comfortable calling this a value system, but I do review the alternatives every time I get a phone. So I mustn't be that, you know, so when I replace this phone I currently have, I'm going to look at these subsidized phone plans one more time as it just to make sure my current belief still holds true that it's it's more economical to buy the phone outright and then buy a discount carrier service. So clearly I'm not calling this a value system if I'm still investigating alternatives. See, I'd like to argue that though. I know I'm not arguing your value system or what is within it, but I, I think it's probably good to want to reevaluate the things in your value system it, just so that 10, 20 years don't go by and you're kind of still stuck in something that worked back then, but maybe isn't really all that good now but i don't i don't do that with used cars okay i don't i don't entertain that at all so 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 you're saying that a value system should have these unshakable unshakable that's the best way yes time time tested things so why you you've never bought a phone on contract but why do you keep revisiting that then why isn't this a value that at the age that you're at has been this really ingrained one well it's only it's only been 10 12 years i've been doing this i I, i've been buying i've been buying cars for 30 years so i i'm not i'm open to making sure that i think if if my next phone 
is purchased in the manner I've purchased my previous one. So I buy the phone outright and get a discount carrier service. If, if that works out a third time, it probably becomes a value system. Yeah, no, that's, uh, so it kind of takes, a so two bit. times could be luck. You know, with, even with used cars, the first used car I bought was really good. The second used car was so, so the third one was really good. The So the more success you have, the more confidence you get in your system. So you're saying, but what if it was a lemon? What if you picked a used car that was a lemon? I know a while ago we, um, we were kind of walking through, um, we had someone write into us and, and talking about the lemon of a car that used car that they purchased and they were going to give up on used cars. We kind of walked them through how to go about it and, and their next one actually ended up being good. So how, what, what are the chances? What are the chances that, is that or is that maybe why people's value systems are all different is because of their experiences i think a bad experience can can destroy a value right you you won't you won't embrace it as a value system i i think so the thing with the used car is there's so much money at stake with a car that it's worth honing that value system down i mean with a phone there's a lot less money on the line if you get it wrong your commitment is what two years on a contract, and I mean you can overcome that. A car is a bit; it can can destroy you financially, maybe more. So, I I just think I would. I'm probably being too cautious with the phone thing. You know that I'm not going to go poor making bad decisions about a phone every five years, right? But it's it's still. Again, if I succeed with one more phone, that will become my value system. As a note for the phone thing. And you know you know what? The other thing that kind of drives me is if everybody's buying a phone on a contract, if, if, if all the people I don't, okay, I'm trying to put this as politely as possible, all the people I don't admire financially <laughs> are buying phones on contracts, that's got to be a bad idea, right? That, 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 that's... That's how my mind works, right? I look at that and say, that seems way too easy. You know, there, there's got to be some, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. But so, and the people, actually the people I, I admire financially, they're carrying flip phones. <laughs> so I, I'm probably landing somewhere in the middle. And I want to say as a kind of a side to this point that Trevor brought up, if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, but Trevor, you are almost, you're financially independent. Of course, you can afford to buy a phone outright. This is actually something I practice as well. So it is, regardless of, of where you're at um, in your financial life, this is something that I've made a priority myself. So it's it's definitely realistic, I think, regardless of your age. Here's a little, this is where on a bit of a cell phone tangent. So uh, my mother, uh, she was, I'm with Public Mobile. It's a discount phone carrier. I, I get uh, in unlimited calling, unlimited text, and a whole bunch of data for like thirty-five bucks a month. Highly recommended. We're so not. We're not. We're, at not, all we're not sponsored no. by Public Mobile, but that's a pretty good deal. And so my mother, who's very frugal, she discovered Freedom Mobile, and she found a phone plan for twenty. No, nineteen dollars, not twenty. Nineteen dollars a month. And the only reason she was able to make that switch is because she. She went from public mobile to freedom mobile. So just for the record, I'm contemplating this myself. She did not have a contract. She was not tied into a two-year contract with her phone. So she is saving, you know, 20 bucks a month, roughly. And it's it's only because 
she bought her phone outright. So I admire my parents financially. They're making wise financial decisions. So, so I'm observing that too. No, that's uh, and and that little and and that's exactly why we have value systems is because they guide our decisions. If if your if your if your value system is I'm not going to be on a contract and I'm going to try to optimize what I get for my phone and how much I pay. I mean, that is something obviously that she, your mother has has really taken advantage of. So I, I want to bring us back to value systems um, in this article. So again, if you haven't listened to kind of the introductory into everything we're talking about, this whole 25 part series was driven by an original article. We've linked it in the show notes of kind of the introductory episode to this. But the second um, way that successful people operate, which we're talking about today, about having well-developed value systems, they talk about here how... Value systems are essential for guiding and navigating us through our lives, and they really drive fulfillment. And my question for you, Trevor, is at any time, has your value system ever felt limiting to you? Has it ever felt like restrictive or something that has held you back as opposed to really brought you fulfillment? Never. It's empowered me. So my value system, I feel empowered every time I utilize it. And I'm going to touch on another, <laughs> another uh, one in my list. So we're giving them away here a little bit by what is I never order alcohol when I'm eating dinner. Never. It's just, I, I'm not judging people that do. I just don't. I figure a meal out is special enough. A meal out, I'm, I'm going up for, for entertainment, camaraderie, you know, getting together with friends, a meal out I'd never order a drink with it. I never enticed by happy hour. I'm never enticed by a fancy wine list. I'm never enticed by a fancy corkscrew. <laughs> I've seen some pretty rage, outrageous ones. I never order alcohol with a meal. My wife, me and my wife together, we never order alcohol with a meal. It's just something we don't do. So we're ne- there's never the temptation. The I have seen people in restaurants order a meal and drinks. And at the end of the night, the drink bill is as big or bigger than the meal bill. And I just, I don't see the value in that. I, I'm not a drinker as it is. And I, I feel that drinks in restaurants are way overpriced. I actually drinks in general are in Canada. We're taxed at the wazoo for alcohol, but it's just something I don't do. So I'm empowered by that. So I don't feel limited. So when, if when I'm out with friends and they're ordering drinks, I don't feel like, oh, I should order a drink just to be sociable. I don't have to. I don't have to go through that dilemma. That 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 I don't have to agonize over what I should or shouldn't do. I have a value system, and all my friends know I don't order drinks with a meal. They don't even wonder. Like they, and sometimes they don't just out of courtesy because I don't, and they know that I I I consume the odd alcoholic beverage. I'm not opposed to that. I just don't do it when when I'm out for dinner, and. I probably have saved friends of mine hundreds of dollars because they will jump on board sometimes. So I I find it empowering that I don't have to make that decision or fret over it or wonder it should I shouldn't I. It, it's a pre-made decision. So if if I'm listening to this episode today and I want the Trevor Trevor level confidence and conviction that you have towards a specific point, what it and it could be. I mean. 
maybe maybe someone actually wants to acquire that into the and incorporate that into their value system, regardless of the age of our listener. How do they get to that point where they get to show up that confident at that meal and say, "No, I'm good." Like how 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 do you get to that point? Chances are the very first time is super awkward, right? It's just it, the first time you do that in, in in a circle of people that maybe you you always order drinks and this time you don't. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be questions. You know, you're not feeling well. You know, what, what's up? You know, you're. Uh, and once you get past that first thing, I mean, if if these are people that truly are friends or, or family and, and they they're not going to judge you, you move past it. But the, the confidence will come after you broach that the first time. And then if you do it a second time with the same group of people, then it becomes just background, right? It's just something that happens. No, nobody, it's not an event anymore. It's not even a conversation. It just is. And it totally reminds me of this, this quote that we always say on the show, which I'm going to totally get wrong. You can have, you can have anything you want, just not everything you want. That's the one. I never say it right. So, and, 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 and that comes into play because you, and you also have to do things that other people aren't doing. I'm, I'm also not saying that quote right. If you want things nobody else has, you have to be willing to do something nobody else does. That's the one. Trevor has all the quotes, but that, that is, that's the thing though. You have to, you have to be able to set that into your value system and you may be doing something else that no one else is doing, but so here's another value. <laughs> I might as well, I'm going through the list here. So thrifted clothes. So I love thrifting clothes. I have the financial means to buy new clothes. No question. I could go buy new clothes. There's no challenge in that. There's no reward for me. Anyone can go out and buy a new shirt. So th- this is how I thrift clothes. So I love going to thrift stores. I find it entertaining. I find it exciting to, you know, you're searching for something, a needle in a haystack. I don't have any luck finding thrifted pants. So pants, they're either too long, too short, worn out. The pants have a hard life. <laughs> they really do, jeans particularly. So, and people tend to get rid of pants when they're done, right? They, I, that's my observation. So what I thrift is shirts, sweaters, tops. So I, I'm yet, I haven't owned a brand new shirt, sweater, or top in probably a decade at least a decade. And I, so in this pandemic, I don't go thrifting anymore. I, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm not running out of clothes, but I'm not getting, I'm not acquiring any either. But I have this thing, every shirt I own has been thrifted. Anything on the top half of my body has been thrifted. And I just, I get so excited when I find something and uh, I just, I've, I've grown to love it. So people ask me, oh, I love that shirt. Where did you get it? And when you go thrifting, just for the people that don't do this, you can get really high quality brand name shirts or tops or sweaters that you otherwise probably wouldn't spend the money on. So I'm, I'm buying like $80 sweaters for like $5. So, and I'm never buying an $80 sweater. And you know, the people I, the crowd I run in, they're not wearing $80 sweaters either. But when they look at mine, they know it's a high-end sweater. So it becomes a point of conversation. Oh, I love your sweater. Where did you get it? I'm not a clothes fashion expert, but they will. And I'll say, I thrifted this at, you know, Value Village. First time you mentioned that, just silence, (laughs) like super awkward silence. Oh, I didn't know you were that hard up. I I didn't know you were on tough times. I mean, they don't say that, but that's what they're thinking that 
I didn't know times were that tough for you is probably what they're thinking. And then I will go into my excitement about how I found it. And, and they will get that. I, I didn't thrift this because I had to, I thrifted it because I wanted to. So now people will look at my new shirt and say, Oh, did you thrift that one? So they're already assuming it was thrifted. And I will tell them the story about how I found it. Everyone knows my, the suit I got. <laughs> so tell the, us about the suit. The nicest suit I have ever, I ever owned. I own it till to this day. It fits perfect. I got for $30 at Value Village. And I have had so many, so many compliments on that suit. It's just, and now I may have drawn those compliments out of those people <laughs> reluctantly, but I still got the compliments. It is a nice suit. $30. It's easily, I, so I got the, the suit, the shirt, the tie, and a, a overcoat for $30. That's probably a three or $400 purchase. I, I'm so out of touch. I don't even know what suits cost, but it's, it's that nice. So, and you, you can tell by the enthusiasm, I love thrifting clothes. If you've been around for a while, I'm sure you've heard about this suit. Um, I'm, I'm laughing over here. Um, so it, I want to I go back. So you, you've thrown out some examples. So my, my point with that one is I have the financial means to buy new clothes. Yes. But I, I, when I'm in a store, so, so I, do, I do shop for pants. Like I said, I can't find pants that fit or aren't worn out. So I do shop in stores for pants. So when I'm in the store and I'm shopping for pants and they're having like, 50% off or buy two, get one free sales or whatever they have on shirts, tops. I, it's not enticing at all. I don't have, I'm not being tempted by that. I've pre-made the decision that I buy those things secondhand. So I, I don't buy brand. So when I'm in there and they're saying, you know, Hey, if you, if you buy a, a pair of jeans, you, you can get a, a shirt for 50% off, right? That that's an, I, I say, well, I'm not interested in shirts today, but thanks. So the temptation is not there. I'm not, I'm not, not going to buy something I don't end up needing or wanting. I th don't thrift tops. I mean, I don't buy thr tops new. I thrift them. And we're so inundated with decisions. That decision fatigue is so real. So with these pre-made decisions, you are taking away some decisions that you have to make throughout the day. And I mean, those are some tough decisions. I, I, like, it's hard walking into a store and thinking that and, and kind of being tempted by those things. So I love these pre-made decisions, reduces decision fatigue, makes your life easier, more streamlined. And you know, so clothes shopping, I don't do a lot of it. I'm 50 years old. <laughs> it's just after 50 year old men don't crawl shop. But you get the point, you really need some clothes. And it's really nice to, to go to a store and, okay, just to give you an example how frequent I go. So I bought a pair of jeans at American Eagle. And, you know, I'll say 10 years ago. And I, I, they wore out. So I went back to the same store. I really liked those jeans. So I went back to the same store. I realized I didn't really fit in at that store anymore, but I, I still shop there. And I said, I'm looking for another pair of jeans. They go, what are you looking for? I go, how about something like these? And the guy looks at me and says, well, we don't make those anymore. I don't know how old they are, but we don't make those jeans anymore. Uh, they, I'll show you what we do have. And so I put them on and the, the material is kind of like stretchy, you know, stretchy material. And I go, something's wrong with these jeans because like, I mean, they, they did feel weird. So the guy describes, oh, you know, let me see your old jeans. And so he described the difference. And so I upgraded all my jeans to stretchy jeans because they're super comfortable. But um, he tried to hard sell the shirts. But I, I was able to, when you have pre-made decisions, so to buy just pants, you, you end up shopping from your list. You know, you, you, you go out, you know what you're going for. 
you get it, you get out. So you, you end up taking temptation out of your, out of your life. No, I, I absolutely love that. And strategy genes definitely are uh, the way to go. Um, I, I want to circle back cause you brought up your wife in this and I, that a while ago, but I, I, I am, I do want to, I did want to circle back to that. So when it comes to whether you're, whether someone's listening to this today, um, has a partner and maybe they don't have a defined value system, obviously, uh, yeah, maybe they don't. And so when it comes to you and your wife, can you have a successful relationship if you and your partner's value systems are not the same slash are you and your wife's value systems the same and how has that kind of evolved and grown and complemented each other over the years? Well, not to go on a side tangent, but your life partner should enhance you, right? They, they should, you and your life partner should make each other better. And so I should embrace what my wife values and she embraces things I value. And together we share value systems. So I, for instance, I didn't really think thrifting clothes when I first met her. I didn't really think of the idea of thrifting clothes. I, it was not something I did or thought about doing or thought it would be a good idea. My wife did. And so she introduced me to the concept of thrifting. And so that's, I, I embraced one of her beliefs. Uh, she's also a big fan of minimalism. So here, I'm going to go down my list. So I, 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 by nature, am not a minimalist. I, I work at it. I, I enjoy being the benefits of minimalism, but I, I have to work at it. My mind doesn't default to minimalism. So something I work at. My wife's mind does. And that's a, a value of hers that I embraced. I came to her side with that. So um, she really doesn't care about cars. All they need to do is start. <laughs> so uh, uh, she embraces my belief in used cars. So she's, she's right behind me on that. So go, let's go to minimalism. So when in doubt, here's my value system. When in doubt, minimalism comes first. So when I'm looking to add something to my life, if, I, if there's something I need, I will look at the most minimalistic approach possible. So just say I'm confronted with, I'm trying to think of a good example, podcasting. So I, 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 I we dove into the hobby of podcasting. So I looked at sort of what do I need to get started? And let me tell you, there is a rabbit hole of podcasting gear that you can go down that doesn't have a bottom. <laughs> it goes on forever. It's true. And so I didn't like that. I, I think, well, what's the minimum stuff I need to get a podcast off the ground? We started this four years ago. And we're working with the exact same equipment we started with four years ago. And I just like to keep things simple, minimalism. In fact, our website is livelifesimple.ca. I, I believe in that, that concept, simple. Keep it simple. That, that, that's a value system of mine. So when in doubt, when in doubt, go with min, the most minimalistic approach possible. That is a value system. So if I'm confronted with, okay, okay here, if I'm confronted with two used cars and one is a, you know, uh, options out the wazoo, and the other one is the, the base model. I'm picking the base model every time. It's just a minimalistic approach to transportation. No, I, 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 love, I love going back to talking about how you and your wife's um, value systems complement each other. I love that. But I do also love this minimalistic approach. And it's definitely how we run this podcast. 
what if just uh, kind of before we leave the subject of bringing a partner into the equation, what if we if if your partner is someone who values um, boats and 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 and, and um, motorized vehicles like fun motorized vehicles? What if I don't know if that's not that's kind of a bad example of a value system, but how how do you how do you kind of work with that? How do you work with that? Just a point on boats. There's two, the two best days in a boat owner's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell the boat. So I hear, I've never owned a boat, but <laughs> um, I, I don't think, so. Like what are your value system? What if, what if your, your potential partner, your partner has a value system that doesn't at all align with your way of operating? Chances are that relationship is going to be, have tension in it more often than not. If, if your values are not aligned, you're going to have a relationship with a lot of tension. So it, it, there will be give and take and trade-offs. So if, if you believe in skidoos and ATVs and your, your partner is a minimalist and believes in bicycles and, and long walks, I, I got to think you, there's going to be a lot of give and take in that relationship. And not saying it can't work, but it's going to have its challenges. I like that. And it that, as you described, it really circles back to kind of in general – relationships, uh, the, the values that individuals hold, just their morals and values. So I, I do like that. And you know, with minimalism, just say I'm, I'm in a, a thrift store and I'm looking for a, a sweater. Say my sweater's got holes in it. I need a new sweater. I, I will look for like, just because there's three sweaters there that I like, some people's approach might be to buy all three. My approach would be to buy one. I came here to replace one sweater. I'm going to replace one sweater. More sweaters isn't better. More sweaters means uh, more decisions when I go to pick out a sweater to wear. I like less is more. No, that's that's a really great add-on to that. Another point I wanted to bring up when we're talking about value systems and the importance of having a well-developed value system is in this article, this original article that we're referring to that we are taking a positive spin on is... The author described that a value system, that, that a person without a value system is like a ship without a rudder um, and that it's just tossed the wind to and fro with no real sense of purpose or direction. So does this resonate with you as someone who has a well-defined, well-defined value system? Would you have, do you think you'd be where you are financially independent right now without your well-developed value system? Well, for a long time, my overarching life goal was to be reach financial independence somewhat early in life. And that's going to work out for me. Now, if that's a life goal, then your values should align with that at some level, right? So used cars aligns well with early financial independence. Minimalism aligns well with early financial independence. Not spending money on expensive drinks when you're going out for dinner aligns well. Thrifting clothes, all those things align well with financial independence. Now, if you if you were an entrepreneur and you're... you're you wanted to build businesses, then your value system should be maybe networking with as many people as possible, like, you know, building relationships whenever you see an opportunity. That's that's a value you should embrace. No, I like that. And that's actually a really good example for anyone who is more entrepreneurial. I, I You have a couple examples that we haven't touched on yet, and I do want to jump into those, but I, I do have a question for you. It just to kind of help our listeners maybe 
start considering their value systems. And you said this earlier in the show, and I'm, I'm, I'm circling back around to it, but you said that a lot of your values were things that you already did without realizing it because you didn't understand or did, you hadn't kind of come to understanding the actual value system idea. So for our listeners who are listening to this, is it just a matter of kind of sitting back and realizing things that they habitually do that, that are obviously conducive to making um, smart financial decisions or um, kind of considering the things that they prefer? Is it just a matter of kind of really tuning into that? I think I found I was stressing over the same decisions over and over. So I would find myself, you know, when whenever I needed, okay, here's one. I, If I need a new appliance, like a fridge or a stove or a washer or a dryer or a dishwasher, recently I, I had to replace my dishwasher, there's a local appliance store, a sort of a, a small, I'll call it a mom and pa shop style uh, local appliance seller here in the small town I live in. There's also a big box store. There's actually a couple of big box stores. And an hour's drive, there's even more big box stores where I could go buy appliances all day long. And I used to go out and I'd visit all these big box stores. And then I'd go visit my local mom, pa appliance dealer and find out what they had for sale. And I always found theirs was about the same price. Maybe they didn't have, you know, 50 dishwashers to pick from. They only had three, but I was only buying one. So picking between three seemed to be reasonable. But I used to spend a couple of weekends shopping for that appliance. And I found I always ended up at the same place. I always ended back at the same place. And they were always competitively priced. They wouldn't be in business anymore if they weren't, right? So I've ended up being, that kind of sparked my thing to always, so in a small town, if you want business to succeed, you got to shop local. And so I, I, I sort of committed to shopping local whenever possible. So, so now if I need an appliance, so I used to spend a couple of weekends, so I'd burn through a lot of time that maybe I did or didn't have, shopping for these appliances, getting caught up in the weeds and all the features that I didn't need but had to, you know, learn about. And I, so this, this is the last thing. I went to there to buy a dishwasher. So I just went to this place. I said, I need a dishwasher. And so he said, what kind of dishwasher do you, do you currently have? The, you know, the one that stopped working. So I tell him, he'd look up the model number and he says, how did you like that dishwasher? And I said, it seemed to do a good job. He says, well, this one's basically the comparable. And uh, that took all of 10 minutes and the delivery was free. And, and I, I, I just, so now that's become my new value system. So I'm going to shop local for appliances as long as this place is in business, I, I'm no longer going to go to big box stores. That's just what I'm going to do. So I, I, I realized the time I wasted and always ended up with the same place, the same conclusion. So I guess it's if you find yourself at the same place every time, or not every time, multiple times, like just just say, say you, you, with cars, just say I, I, I looked at new cars, new cars, and ended up buying a used one. Next time I looked at new cars, new cars, and ended up buying a used one. So if you c- keep coming back to the same outcome, then maybe you need to look at that and say, okay, maybe that's a value. Oh, that's just just the, the point of which you got to that place that you adopted that value is mind-blowing how just intuitive and how much it makes sense. And 
if so that one that one definitely makes sense but what about if you approach it the other way if if someone and I'm going to spoil one of your other upcoming values is uh, you personally um, never dine out for hunger and I definitely want you to dive into that but if someone's always eating out always eating out can they sit down and tell themselves you know what my value system I'm 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 never going to dine out for hunger that's going to be a thing I'm going to adopt can does that work that way or do you actually do you have to experience pain first for it to be enough of a sticking and turning point or can you just decide that you're going to adopt a new, a new uh, value. So I, I used to get caught where I poor planning, I would end up somewhere on my way to somewhere. And I find out, Oh, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it was going to take this long. And you know, I'm, it's two hours past when I normally eat lunch and I'm pretty hungry. Well, surprisingly, you can go a long time without eating more than, you know, that hunger will pass. But in a pinch, I will, what I will do in, I will not dine for hunger, but I will go to visit a grocery store and buy whatever food, like a banana or a piece of fruit that I can eat. So I will buy groceries on my way to somewhere, but I will not go and dine out for the purpose of hunger. So the chances of me being with people, so you're saying if I'm traveling with some people and we're driving along and Everyone says, oh, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? We should grab a bite to eat. So I'm with, if I'm with a bunch of friends and we stop to eat, I'm calling that, I, that, that is camaraderie. I'm with friends in a social setting and we're eating. The fact that I, I coincidentally am hungry, <laughs> that's a side note. But if I'm by myself or it's me and my wife and we're driving and we said, you know what, we, we forgot to pack something to eat. You know, this never happens, but let's just say it did. We forgot to pack a snack and now we're hungry and we're driving past a restaurant. Do you want to grab a bite to eat? The answer is always no. We're never, ever doing that. We just, that, we're going to write that down as one more thing to motivate us to be more prepared. That That's just poor planning. That, that And, and the, the markup on eating, so just say I screwed up and this trip took longer than I thought or we got into traffic. I still won't go to a restaurant if it's if we're just traveling between places and it's it's meal time and we're hungry. I will go to a grocery store, and that's inconvenient to go to a grocery store and try to find a meal without that doesn't need a knife and a fork and a plate. Right? That's what you're trying to do. That's what we'll do. We will find groceries to fill that need, not restaurant food, which is marked up at an atrocious rate. So. That example, which I love that value, I think we I think we could all adopt it, but that value, you're saying then that that was just a conscious commitment that you decided to adopt that value of, of never dining out for hunger. So there, there was no real kind of pain. And when I say pain point, I mean, with the dishwasher example, you had spent weekends and time kind of deliberating that decision. And and, and, and therefore adopting that decision to always shop local kind of. No, there was pain. So anyone, okay, so one of these things coming up in the 25 is having a budget. So looking at your budget and seeing in my younger years, more money being spent in restaurants than on groceries, seeing that in your budget, in your, 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 your budgeting app or back in the day, my spreadsheet, seeing I spent more money dining out than I spent on groceries. That pain point made me adopt that value. So there was. So, so, so I just want to confirm here. And I, I said this has to stop. We, 
there's no way we're going to keep doing this. And it, I didn't want to be forced to make a decision every single time I was hungry. So I pre-made that decision with a value. So just to confirm for everyone listening, there has to be in order for you to ad- successfully adopt a value and stick with it, there has to be this pain point, this sticking point, this motivation. There has to be that in play. You can't just wake up one day and because a listener heard you today say, hey, you know what, Trevor Knight never dines out for hunger. I'm going to adopt that as a value. I think you can. I, I look back. I mean, it's pretty solid reasoning. I, I don't, I'm not opposed to eating in a restaurant to, you know, get together with friends or family as a, as a, um, it, it is a commodity thing that, that that's uh, I'm not opposed to that although you should limit it. it it's it'd be the same as going out to see live entertainment with those same people if you choose to enjoy a meal together that that's good too but to eat out for hunger it seems so wrong on so many levels oh yeah no I I, I agree completely with this uh with specific value of yours and I guess what I'm getting at is just there's a like the other, so you can eat for hunger. What's even worse is eating out because you're lazy. Yeah. You were too lazy to get groceries. You're too lazy to prepare a meal. And that eating out food, generally speaking, is very unhealthy. I mean, there, there's so many reasons to not eat out for hunger. But if, it, if it's built on laziness, my fear would be that laziness would perpetuate throughout other aspects of your life. So it, it sounds to me there has just, your values, there just has to be a really big why behind it. Well, and my why is early financial, early financial independence. So that, that is a, a huge why. And dining out, spending is more on restaurants than I do on groceries is a really bad uh, thing to integrate into that plan. No, and th- that makes sense. I just asked because we're going to touch, this is actually a point coming up in our series 25 um, things is that successful people do. We're going to be talking about willpower. So it's just good to know that values can be incorporated um, and they can stick as long as that why or the pain point is, 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 is resonates enough with that individual. I do have one final question. Um, what my, my final question, I guess, is what if, like, how much honesty does it take to define these value systems for you personally? It, I'm sh- there's a lot of things that we like the idea of, and we, the thing, all there's all the things we like the idea of. So, how for you, these value systems that are are the, that are set in place, with how much conviction and honesty were they set in place for yourself? Well, as they continue to deliver favorable results, you get more confidence in them, and you believe in them stronger and stronger. So it's the it's the positive outcomes that really build on the the value and make it more and more concrete. No, that makes sense. I like that. Is there any other, uh, do we touch on all your value? No, I got two more I would like to mention that I I'm really feel strongly. So we did a whole episode on warranties. So I do not believe in extended warranties. And I do not believe in, in warranties that come with a product that might sway my purchasing decision. So I put, I put zero value in a warranty. So warranties are something that will never alter my buying decision of any kind. And my, my last one, and we kind of touched on this earlier, is whenever possible, if, if, I'm, if I have a choice between a long-term commitment or a short-term financial commitment, I will choose the short-term. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So 
a gym membership. So when if you ever join a gym, they always dangle in front of you. Um, if you if you pay for a whole year, one whole year, uh, you get like two months free or one month free. You know, so it's it's an incentive. It it ends up working to be cheaper. Well, I I never choose. I never make that commitment unnecessarily for for very small savings. Cell phone plans. I, I will never sign up for a year. Uh, internet. So you sometimes if I have a home internet. So it, sometimes if you commit to uh, uh, a company for a whole year, they'll give you a favorable rate. I'll never ever sign up for contracts or commitments that I don't have to. So if you're renting an apartment, you have to sign a one-year lease. That, that's a commitment you have to make. It's not like a, you you got a choice. Maybe you do. I haven't rented in a while, but from what I understand, you have to sign that one-year lease. It's a commitment you have to make. So you're, you're, you're tied into that for a year. If, if I could choose between a one-year commitment uh, at a reduced price or a month-to-month commitment at a, a slightly higher price, I'll choose the month-to-month every time. I want options in my life. I want, because you don't know what life's going to throw at you. This gives you the flexibility to pivot as life pivots in front of you. So if, just say you committed to a, a whole year of, of cable TV and a, a two years of cell phone and one year at the gym and you lost your job. Well, you're tied to these things for a whole year, even though your income, you, you've lost the commitment of an income, Right you got the commitment of these expenses. So I like to have the flexibility to um, pivot. So it, I don't, I'm never enticed by one of those incentives to sign up for a long period of time. Never. I never, I never choose that. So it's not like I have to debate, well, you know, it is a good savings. Maybe I should consider it. It's just something, it, it, it's off the radar. I don't give it any thought. And it has benefited me so many times. I, I'm yet to, so there's times where I, I've I've used the service for a whole year, and sure I could have saved whatever, but you know what? The, your motivation for okay, let's use the gym. If you sign up for a whole year, your motivation for going to the gym becomes a financial motivation rather than a health motivation. So you end up being motivated for the wrong reasons to do something. You're going to the gym because you paid for it for a whole year you might as well use it. That, that, that to me is not going to make you do an extra set at the gym, right? If you're going there because you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact your health in a positive way, you will be, the motivation's in the right place. I, I love that value system. I think it's one that, I don't know, I think would benefit all of us to incorporate, but I, I do love that one. So I think that brings us the end of our episode today on the second thing that successful people do. They have a well-developed value system. This is something you can adopt to become more successful in your life and, and really help move the needle. Um, I, I think I think to throw out a final closing thought for this would be just observe the things that you naturally um, do and the tendencies that you have and you might be able to pull up some values for your value system out of that. And I also want to just re-engage the listeners. They we're doing these twenty-five things that successful people do. Uh, the all twenty-five are going to be in the show notes. So if you have a personal experience you would like to share with us, and we could do, you know talk about it on the podcast, or if you have a question about an upcoming episode, live life simple three six five at gmail.com. Send us an email. 
we will include it in upcoming shows. And we'll have the link to our contact submission form and the email address Trevor just gave in the show notes. You can refer back to it after the show. And on that note, thank you so much for being here with us for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. We can't wait to have you back here with us next week for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple. Simple.